Scotland. And with us for the last time before the election, we have Dr. Bryce Edwards. Bryce, you've you've been on basically every channel imaginable. Uh, me as a candidate, I'm getting a bit of fatigue. How are you yeah. holding up as a commentator? Well, look, it's one of those situations whereby you're both excited and still really buoyed by this crazy election campaign. But yes, I'm lacking a bit of sleep, a bit of maybe losing my <laughs> my common sense or something. But um, no, I'm still in there, still following it all. Now, is... I- I was going to say, is this still a sprint to the finish line? I mean, can everybody just yeah. kind of give up now and, and let the chips fall as they may? Or are people going to be out there right until midnight campaigning on Friday? I, I think so, yeah. Um, in fact, they'll go through till um, Saturday. They stop campaigning, of course. You're not allowed to campaign as such on Saturday. But the parties will be mobilizing their forces to get people to the voting booths on Saturday. And I think this time perhaps more than any other election, uh, yeah, Labour, National and the Greens will be operating quite big machines to get people to the voting booths and make sure that they just maximise every possible person. They're using big databases. They have quite sophisticated mechanisms for knowing who is a likely voter for them and to make sure they tick those people off in their databases that they've gone to vote. But, uh, yeah, your point is is, is right that... um, they will be also campaigning right to the end because um, it's such a competitive election and the stakes are so high for Labour, National, the Greens, New Zealand First, that, um, or even some of the more minor parties, top included, um, that they'll be putting everything into it because um, it's so much up in the air. I don't think anyone's going to be feeling very defeated. They'll be feeling stressed and um, that will just get them more... Uh, inclined to get out there and give it a shot. So even though last night you had this Comrade Bunting poll that seemed to put Labour falling well behind, I I still think uh, Labour will see that as a jolt and a wake-up call to try it in harder. Now the polls have been swinging wildly and we've seen various excuses and explanations for why that is depending on what side you're on. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, are we witnessing the the end of the relevance of landline-only polling, or is there something else at play here? I, I do think you're right, that It's just getting to the situation where those landlines are a, a bit too unreliable, and um, three years' time, yeah, it's going to be even more extreme. So if you look at the News Hub poll, you know, they use Read Research to do their polling. At the moment... 25% of their sample is actually not landlines, it's an online panel. So they select people on the internet and ask them to participate. And I, I think just ultimately it's going to head more that direction. Landlines aren't about to disappear, but they can't make up 100% of the sample like it does with Colmar Brunson at the moment. It just isn't kind of, it's, it's going to lose its credibility. But as to why these are changing so much, yeah, it's anyone's guess, isn't it? To some extent, I think it's just the, the turbulence of this campaign. I think people are changing their minds, but um, but partly it has to be the methodology of these uh, companies as well. I agree. Now, we've seen a lot of um, comment in the last couple of days about strategic voting. Um, we talked about... Uh, we talked about this on the segment last time, and there are a few, um, just in the in the media in the last couple of days, we've seen quite a few um, teasers of 
small-scale polls conducted in individual electorates. That's not something I've been familiar with in the past. Robo-polling and push-polling. How, how much stock do you put in these um, you know, single electorate polls, or, or are there really ones to watch, and can we get reliable information out of them? Because it seems like when it comes to the national media, Basically, the only game in town is Auckland, to Auckland, Wellington, and maybe Christchurch. Um, or national and labour only. But some of these, yeah, some of these regional seats are potentially in play. Um, yeah, there, there surely must be some seats that will change hands and be surprises in the selection. But uh, and of course, we've seen these uh, this poll in Nelson that shows. The Greens having a chance, but of course, yes, it was commissioned or carried out by the Green Party using so-called robo-calling to get that result. And no, I don't think that's very credible. And certainly some of the bigger firms have been polling in electorates. And yeah, I, I think those polls have some credibility. But again, they're not perfect. They're far from perfect. So... The really interesting electorates at the moment, I think, have been the Murray electorates. Mm. And um, we've had Murray TV uh, commission uh, some polls there that have pretty much confirmed that the incumbents in some of those interesting seats seem to be ahead. So, for example, Wairiki, we've got um, Tiara the Flavel. He seems to be quite comfortably going to win that after some speculation that Tamati Kofi might um, win that for later. Um, but again, they're quite hard to poll those seats because it's a subset of the large demographics being the Maori uh, electorate. So they're based on smaller numbers over a much longer period of time. Um, but you have to remember that for most seats changing hands or being in play, it's not really going to make a big difference to the final result. It's really only a few key seats, such as the Maori Party seats, Maybe, yeah, if the Greens could win a seat and keep them above the 5% threshold, but I, I just don't think that's a, that's a happening thing. Um, I'm just trying to think what other seats. Well, let's talk, crucial, but. L- let's talk a little bit about Labour and the Maori Party because, um, you know, the Maori Party's recently come out and said that they, you know, if, if National wanted, if National alone needed them, they would turn them down. They've kind of indicated a stronger preference for Labour trying to, uh, break away from the taint of having supported the National yeah. Party for a couple of terms. But then at the same time, Labour is cutthroat uh, and basically going for the jugular and put some, you know, tactical plays uh, of not putting their Maori candidates on the list uh, to kind of negate some of these strategic voting arguments on purpose. What is the deal with this love-hate relationship between Labour and the Maori Party? And, you know, can Labour afford to kill them off, or can the Maori Party afford to keep kissing butt to someone who doesn't really uh, help them? Yeah, I mean, I certainly just think that all political parties are ruthless. Oh, yes, they are. So, we should just get over this idea that any of them are looking after each other for any kind of uh, nice, you know, friendly purposes. I've got no doubt that um, Labour's orientation to the Greens is a ruthless one, for mm. example, and mm. that um, you know they are friends, at least on the surface, for strategic reasons, not for any uh, mm. ideological reasons. Strate- strategic uh, only, and, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I've heard some Green insiders tell me that they believe 
Labor's trying to kill them off at the moment, and that they're going aggressively against Labor. Um, so, you know, it just happens all over the place, and I think National is trying to kill, or at least reduce the, the, the support of New Zealand First at the moment. Mm. That's been quite ruthless, and I think that's quite important for them, because it sort of suggests that they realise the chances of Winston Peters... Um, uh, choosing national over Labour is quite slim if it comes down to you know, Winston Peters being the kingmaker. And so they are not being friendly to Peters. They are just trying to kill him off. They're campaigning in all the provincial seats. They are putting out these kind of socially conservative policies around, around boot camps, right. anti-beneficiaries, Straight to Winston. really try and steal all New Zealand's first votes um, and to reduce their, the chances of Peters being the kingmaker. So... Yeah, likewise, Labour and the Māori Party, no, they, they will kill off the Māori Party if they can, but um, in the end, there's a good chance that they may need them, absolutely, and that um, the Māori Party's probably the le- had the least scrutiny or media coverage in this campaign, but ironically, they might end up being the kingmakers. They might be the crucial um, party that could have two seats, maybe three, and be enough to give a Labour-Greens government um, a majority or a national uh, party the majority. Um, I mean, if that 46% that national got in the, in the poll last night um, just needed another you know, 2% more from the Murray party, um, you know, that could be what it takes. And so far... The Mo Party have just been entirely, I think, unreliable in telling us how they might choose uh, which way to go with. And I think it needs more thought. And of course, some commentators are rubbing their hands with glee at the prospect of, you know, north of 10% potential wasted vote if the worst case scenario happens for the Greens and or New Zealand first. Um, and of course, then that redistribution would uh, change yeah. the calculus and 46 would would be kind of enough on its own. And That's we were, right. That's right. We were talking about That's this last night. It's been really interesting to follow, you know, if you think of the um, trajectory of each campaign as kind of a, mm-hmm. a line graph in terms of their momentum and, and the peaking of each campaign and, and timing that yep. peak, especially when it comes to two weeks of early voting and early voting being so heavily emphasized. It's almost as if, you know, you peak too early then you're going to get some of the early voters, but a lot can happen, as we've seen with the Labor's U-turn on the tax working group, uh. in that time of early voting. And if you peak too late, well, everyone's all, already yeah. voted. And, yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, I think absolutely. And there's no doubt, I think, that Labor would have benefited from the election being held last Saturday. They have dropped down in mm. the last few days, um, which is what we saw in the poll last night. I think POP would benefit from... I don't know, a few more months on the campaign trail, <laughs> at least. Um, <laughs> and I, I think it's too early for them to actually have any success um, on Saturday. But uh, National just kind of has been fairly, uh, fairly solid in maintaining their vote between you know, 40 and 46%. Um, but, of course, yeah, Labour's been the, uh, the line chart that just goes up and down and has gone up, mostly. Hey, well, thanks a lot for joining us, Bryce. Are you going to be on any of the major networks, or what are, what are your plans for um, the night? Can we see I'm, you? Yeah, I'm joining the, the RNZ 
broadcast on Saturday night. So that's along with John Campbell and Guy and Espiner. And so we're doing that from Auckland. And who knows what it's going to be like, but it's, remember they're going all multi, you know, dimensional, all multimedia. And they're, they're out of the online. Auckland University Sorry? studio, uh, the, exactly. the, the RNZ sort of um, future television mashover, which would happen uh, that Labour was sort of proposing with a radio on radio with pictures style. Good point, yes. So maybe it is like an early trial of that um, bold new feature for RNZ being, uh, yeah, I hear it's on all these different uh, platforms, including being projected onto the moon. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see your silhouette up there, Bryce, when I look in yes. the sky, and uh, we'll all be watching very intently on Saturday, and, and thanks so much for providing us with this analysis all through the election. Oh, no doubt we'll talk again after Saturday. We will indeed. Okay. Thanks, Bryce. Fingers crossed. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. See ya. That was Dr. Bryce Edwards. You're on Radio 191 FM Politics.